she didn't mention her nephew on going to watch the baseball game. You know, <laughs> she probably only good. gets to see maybe once or twice a year the little nephew who she would. Once, once. I've only got to Man, see him once. Man, who's driving the bus here? You guys are running each other over. Man. Welcome to Beyond the Rig. Real, authentic, and driver-focused. All things trucking. This is Beyond the Rig. Here are your hosts, Linda Domini and Will Phipps. Are you ready to introduce our special guest? I am super excited about our next guest. So he is a driver, a trainer for us, and the story he's going to tell on what got him up to transportation is super cool. So an ex-Major League Baseball player. Wow. No, I am super excited to introduce our next guest, Kenny Ray. Hey, man, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. You guys are so kind, but you're over here talking all this. I'm kind of sitting over here trying to be quiet. I'm like a dog chained up, just ready to get unleashed. Getting your man. adrenaline going? Yeah. Wow. You guys are talking all this stuff over here, and I got to sit over here and just listen and not say anything? I just want you to know it was her. I'm over here. I'm on your side. I'm on your side. She's wearing a football jersey. He's the driver. How could I not be on his side? We'll debunk this a little later in the show <laughs> over here, Kenny. You might not think so highly of her when you hear what she said. And you know, oh, yeah, Is, what's going on here? I I'm still on your side. Don't <laughs> listen to him. Yeah, he plays softball. I mean, come on. And from what I understand, you're you're trying to drag me into your element too. Yes, this he is. The is. softball side of things. And this is the up. reason why I'm dressed up today here because you remember this show, Joe's versus Pros. Where they would have these guys out on the uh, was it MTV or something? They would bring the professional athletes, and then they would have like regular people like me that play yes. softball. Yeah, I haven't you know. seen it. Joe's versus who? Pros. Pros. Okay. Yeah, so they take average people to see what they can do, and this is what this is going to be about. Average person. So maybe the slow pitch softball guy might smoke one up the middle here to the major league professional baseball player. Please keep <laughs> this in mind. I was a pitcher. Not an actual hitter, so that's another thing he has on his side. So everything is leaning towards his advantage. So, oh come on, you know what I hear? Excuses. He's kind of <laughs> he's trying he's trying to psychologically prepare. So I'm sure they're all wondering. I've introduced you as a major league baseball player over here, uh, ex major league. Tell us a little bit about how you got into the majors what teams you played for, and any accomplishments that you might have had. Because I'm starstruck over you, man. I've already done my homework on you a long time ago. But I played – I mean, I don't even know where to start. This is 24 years of, you know, I signed my first contract when I was 18 years old. Wow. Yeah, I signed that out of high school. Incredible. So it's like, you know, I've been traveling and on the road with this – chasing this dream of, you know, one day getting to the major leagues and actually playing in the major leagues. It took a while. It was a <clears> – <throat> It was a long, hard road of – see, a lot of people don't understand. They think this this whole professional baseball thing is like this huge dream. But when you're living in the minor leagues from year to year and you're you're making, you know, 1800 bucks a month, fifteen, it's not all peaches and cream. So until you actually make it to that ultimate goal. But fortunately, a lot of guys don't – they're not able to do that just because there's, only, there's so many people that you're competing against in, in the minor league system. But right. I was able to break through in 1999 with uh, Kansas City. Spent a little bit of time in the major leagues with Kansas City. And then it was a six-year period of the minor leagues again before I got back up to the major leagues with uh, my homegrown team, which is the Atlanta Braves. So that was one of the overall 
you know, things that I'll always take away from this is I was able to throw on a Atlanta Braves jersey, you know, a team that I was I grew up watching as a kid and was fortunate enough to be able to actually play for them. So how so cool would awesome. that be to grow up in your hometown and always think? Because I play Major League Baseball, the show, yeah. and I suck at it all the time. <laughs> but I'm always taking those guys like the Diamondbacks, and, and I named them after the players. So it's kind of cool for you. Uh, yeah, for sure. It was, it was one of those things where, like, just my first day when I got called up, being in the locker room, it was like you kind of take <clears> that few minutes when the team goes out. Because I was a reliever, so we didn't have to go out until later in the game. So it was like you'd put the uniform on, or I would put the uniform on and kind of go to the restroom and, you know, just sit there and just kind of turn around Be and like, look at the name and the jersey, you know, <laughs> the, the, your name and your number on the back of your jersey and just, you know, think about all the times you used to go to the field and watch, you know, your favorite Braves players like Dale Murphy and Claude, like back in the old days. And it was like I'm wearing this so uniform cool. of the team that I watched and my dad used to take me to his, you know, games as a kid. So it was that was really cool to be a part of that and be able to do that throughout my career. So I'd be in there taking selfies in their lockers just to show everybody. Like, you want to? This but guy's it's like, here. Yeah. I'm here. You don't want all the other guys going. Look <clears throat> at this guy. Is he even going to be able to handle what's about to go on out on the field? He's right. doing that this is, inside the locker. <laughs> that is so awesome. And I mean, you're you're playing for your friends. Like you probably had friends that were there. Like that. Were you nervous? So cool. Like your very first game going out, like in front of your hometown. Where you grew up? No, not not at that point. Now, now, the first previous time I got called up with Kansas City, my first taste of yes, very very nervous because it's playing in front of thirty five. I mean, there's more people in that stadium. I mean, there's than, not a whole lot of fans hometown. in Kansas yeah. City, are they? I mean, oh, yeah, baseball, back. Kansas City. Oh I yeah, mean, what twenty people? You and have the play, diehards. They <laughs> right? play. Um, they play in uh, spring training and surprise. Well, there's more people out here spring training than what they are. Just kidding. They I told you in the beginning. <laughs> they play with the Rangers. Yeah, saying the same thing. Nobody watches the Rangers Just anymore. Saying. The only thing good about the Rangers <laughs> when Nolan Ryan beat the crap out of that dude Nolan in the headlock. Was that was what guy, made though. them famous. You know, the Royals were in the World Series, uh, was it four or five years ago? He didn't know. <laughs> He's in safe ball. Who, the Rangers? No, the Royals. The Royals. Oh, They've yeah, kind of turned it around. Same thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> Kansas City Royale. But, no, initially I wasn't nervous. When The second time I got called up with the Braves, it was it was one of those, not really. Like, you've, I've, I've been around the game so long and that it's just one of those things you can learn to kind of channel and put deep down and kind of you're in control of it a little more than, than you are early on in your career. Get your nerves under control? It's easier to do the, the, the more you're around it, yeah. Right. Because so it's, it's ultimately the same game, whether you're in the major leagues or you're in the minor leagues or you're on the softball field. It's all played the same. So I'm guessing you probably started like in T-ball and then oh, yeah. just loved the game? Six years old, seven years old, that's when it all started out. And kind of realized in high school towards my sophomore, junior year in high school that, hey, maybe I'm good enough to go to that next level. You know, thinking college, first of all, but then, you know, there was all talks. You know, you hear everybody, oh, there's professional scouts coming to the games in high school. And then it's like, well, hey, hey. now I have a chance maybe to, to skip the college level and go to the, the next level. And that's what happened. I was a 18th-round draft pick, which is fairly high for a high school kid. Yeah. So I took it and took that route instead of, you know, going to college and, you know, it – Ultimately paid off for me. I'm, I made it to the pinnacle of the sport and, you know, was able to spend a couple of years in the major leagues. So it wasn't a bad decision, I guess. 
When did you realize you wanted to take baseball and kind of run with it and say, hey, I think I'm good enough to compete at that level? I guess it's just one of those things you kind of know. People see, other people see before you actually realize it or see, you know, and you're you're starting to be judged around the other talent around you. And then it's like, well, this kid stands, stands out a little more than this kid. You know, and then it's kind of fall, keeps fall. You know, a lot of guys either improve or they kind of stay the same. And it was just one of those things year after year. It was like, wow. This kid's getting better. This kid's getting better. And then in so, high school, you realize it could be that next level type stuff. My nephews um, played um, all-star ball. Did you play all-star ball as well or just the school sports? No, we did it. See, we were in everything. It was the you probably, travel the traveling leagues. Traveling club. And, and, um, all, she, go- like she probably Googled the all-star ball. But there is all-star. No, my nephews no, no, no. really have. You're you ever watch all-stars? Yeah. Earlier on, there's all-stars, like when you're younger. She probably yeah. never yeah. watches his nephew, just video clips or something. <laughs> right. I can honestly yeah. say I've only been to one of their games. They play in Georgia, <laughs> not in Arizona. Yeah. So we do have an episode where she's talking how excited in Georgia she gets meatloaf, but you notice she didn't mention her nephew on going to watch the baseball game. <laughs> You know, <laughs> she probably only good. gets to see maybe once or twice a year the little nephew who wish he would. Once, once. I've only got to Man, see Man, who's once. driving the bus here? You guys are running each other over. Man. <laughs> he told me that I would have. Yes, this fireworks. episode is not for Linda at no? all. They're coming at me hard. It's bash Linda. It's all right. All my fans out there are going to come back at you. We're throwing curveballs <laughs> at Linda. Yeah, we're throwing curveballs at Linda right here. You're trying so, to get her to step in the batter's box, and you're <laughs> we're trying to, we're trying to. So you did, um, so you did the travel league, and then travel yeah. leagues are usually right before the high school levels. So you do your traveling summer leagues and stuff like that, and then it's when usually when you get into high school, it's you focus on usually high school. That early. has got to be so cool. I cannot imagine being 18. Sitting, I imagine they put you at the little table, like you see everybody else signing. It was nerve wracking. Had to be yes. incredible because there's a couple of different scouts from because they don't know whether, like, when you're in high school, whether you're going to sign to play professionally or you're going to play college. So they kind of come to your house to try to figure out what direction you're going to go in. So they're showing up, you know. And here I am, this you know country boy from Georgia, and I got these executives from like the Royals and the Astros and like teams that are, that are thinking about taking you in the draft. And it's like, that's when it kind of sets in. It's like, like, okay, I have a chance to, to maybe go and and live my dream out here of playing in the major leagues. Do you know what you were doing the day that you received the phone call? I'm saying, Hey, Kenny, not exactly what I knew where I was at. I was obviously in my house in my room. And yeah, it was that, that type of thing. Cause your emotions just kind of going all over. Well, my parents picked up the phone. So it was like, and they asked to speak with me not even speak with my parents. So I, I had no You're idea. 18? Yeah, and I answered the right. phone. It's like, hey, this is so-and-so with the Kansas City Royals. And I'm like, really? You're like, is this a joke? <laughs> it's like, yeah, do you mind if we set up a day to come by and kind of sit down? I want to get to know you, get to know your folks and, you know, what you're all about and all that. And I'm like, sure. I wouldn't sleep for days. <laughs> I'd be right? the happiest kid in the world. It was cool. But right? then, then you realize because you come from, you're, you're one of the better athletes around your area, correct? Right. So I sign. <laughs> And go down to the rookie league, which is all the younger kids. The, you know, like they'll draft guys from the Dominican and stuff like that, and they come over. So it's all younger kids usually. And I also all of a sudden realized I wasn't the best, the Stand top out, of the, huh? the top of the pedestal anymore. I'm like, right. wait a minute, there's guys down here that are way better than I am. Yeah. So then it's that work ethic that 
You got to keep outdo everybody. Yeah, so you have to put up numbers and outwork the next person to to get, you know, to jump the ladder and get to the next level. So That's so cool. That was a little uh, humbling when I got down there and it was like, wow, I'm really average down here compared to a lot of these guys that are, you know, they're coming out of the woodworks. So being in a little small town in Georgia, you know, a little country speaking little dude, you get that call and then you start traveling around. When did you get into like the Japan Baseball League, and how how did that make you feel? I mean, leaving Georgia to go travel out of the country, the you're hard, living out of a duffel bag, right? The hardest part was me was eight, uh, 18 years old leaving my home Mom. for the first time. You know, that was that was the hardest and the biggest shock. Going directly into Japan? No, no, no. I, to, to professional Kansas. baseball, oh, yeah. Right. So I'm going to you know Florida and then starting out the season in you know going to Chicago and traveling around you know different minor league right. systems. So it's like, you know, and I'm, a lot of people are, have already gone to college. So they're already used to the traveling, being away from home. And it's like, I'm this young kid and, you know, I'm, I'm having to live my college dreams and lifestyle through, you know, the professional league because I've never been away from home. Japan was, was all the, played in nine different countries, by the way, not, not just, you know, Dominican, Venezuela, Puerto Rico, Mexico, um, Japan, Korea, uh, Taiwan. So it was like, by the time I got to Japan, which is later in my career, by the way, late 30s, early 40s, it was, I've already been around everywhere, getting used to different cultures and different styles of baseball everywhere. So it was just. That's cool, though. It was really cool, yeah. So who's the little guy for the Astros? Remember the little short guy from Venezuela you said was hard to pitch to? Oh, Altuve. Yeah. Yeah, he still, he's, I don't know if he still does now, but when I was playing in, in the winter leagues in Venezuela, he was still, a lot of those guys play out there because, they use that as conditioning to, to get ready and available for spring training. So they'll play, in, yeah, they'll play in a lot of their winter leagues out there and, and it gets them ready to go for spring. So then if you're playing in uh, a winter league, I'm agreeing to this, right? right? right. So yeah. if you're playing in the winter league and you're in um, Venezuela, do you live there for, or do you travel in that country? Within the country, yeah. You'll travel uh, different teams, different places within inside the country. But, yeah, it's a... They're short seasons. They're like two months, two and a half months. And and for those countries, that is their only season. So they do take it serious. Oh, wow. So a lot of, and, and I realized that early on, because if, if you're coming over as an American in their country and you're playing in their country, they want to win. And if you're not helping that team win. They don't want you there. You're not sticking around very Burning long. torches in front of yeah, you. Yeah, they're throwing room. batteries at you on the field. <laughs> it, it, I'm, I'm telling you, it has. I've seen it all. You should have collected really? those, man. You could have brought them back here and sold them. That's money. Those guys take that stuff. It's a it's next level. Because we come over there trying to use it as a conditioning tool to get us ready right. for spring training as well. That's not how they see it. So no, what if you're you got there to mad? win. What if you got mad at a player from another country and you just wanted to beam them under the armpit? Yes, Did yeah. you? I don't do that unless I was directed to do that. <laughs> so I, my, that's my question here for you. Good answer. So there's in s- softball, there's lots of pitchers that talk <laughs> crap, and you just try to smoke them up the middle right. and get them. And the whole team will try to do it until they back off. It's like, okay, did you ever have anybody out there you just couldn't stand? You knew that they just got under your skin? Yeah. Who? <laughs> He's like, I can't I say can't it. name names. Just a first name. I know there's a bros code. You can say we it. We can't do this, can we? Yeah. <laughs> this is raw. This is this is what people want to know. There was a guy. Hopefully it's not like your high school coach or something. Just say first name. <laughs> we'll just leave it. But there hasn't only been one. We'll, we'll just we'll just go there. It, you, you there hasn't remember, even just been one. I played 24 years. So there's been a, 
That's several. If I had to put a number out there, I'd say there was probably seven or eight that I did on my own. Just personal grievances with another player on another team. And would you do aim for their... Oh, yeah, nothing in the head. Yeah, you know, right. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to take out a rib or something. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to give anybody a concussion. You know, I might. You know, or maybe if they turn the right way, I'm putting it between the numbers in the back. You know, right between their number or their name tag. But there's like six or seven, and then there's there's a four or five that's directed and ordered from other people. The when you get the call, it's like you take care of business. If you don't take care of business, you you, you have Your teammates team. against you. <laughs> you have the org. Yeah, it's like you know because you're you're not only fighting for. Your honor, it's it's a team, team thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. hey, you're not going to stand up for this guy, or you're not going to have this guy's back. Okay, that's what we have to do in slow pitch softball. Yeah, it is. It's the and same. If our pitcher gets hit like that right there, yeah. that you're instructed. You everyone keeps hitting at that pitcher until the other team stops doing it. That's a code. You don't even have to talk about Jeez, it. Jeez, I didn't know that baseball <laughs> and softball was so violent. Oh, they take you out. Yeah. It hurts. You have no protection. No. And I know softball, that's an unwritten rule, by the way, as well. You're not supposed to directly go up the middle at, oh, only in at the other pitcher. Like oh, that, it's that only in leagues. It's a position you play. Tends to irritate other. <laughs> yeah, it's a position you play. Yeah, right. Wow. <laughs> wow. But, yeah, so that's just a little little background. So that's cool. Now we've got so, to know that he in Atlanta <laughs> kind of played for your home team, all this. Uh, what's kind of one of your greatest accomplishments, you know, traveling around in all the years that you played baseball? I would say, I know it's kind of corny, but just getting to know the different people. I, I still keep in touch with um, a lot of, like, my translators from Japan and, like, guys have developed, like, lifelong friends, friendships out of, yeah, from being in other countries because you're kind of lost over there. But I'd say – Probably the championship that we actually did win in, in Japan in 2013. That's been probably one of the highlights of my career. That's so cool. Just because baseball over there is just a it's next level type stuff, right there. And you kind of brought <coughs> something here to show everyone out there. So I did. I was yeah. asked to to bring uh, our ring from uh, the championship series out, and it's Japan. pretty blinged out. I I love the bling. It's kind of right. like one I'm of them, just saying. I mean, kind of like one of them hideous <laughs> Dallas Cowboys, or or when the stinking <coughs> Dodgers had their ring over here that they won in kind of like a condensed <laughs> asterisk season, you know, over here. So, <laughs> they mean, really they really can't claim that. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, of they, course they are. Were. They're of course the Dodgers. Everybody remembers claim. Alec. <clears throat> Alex bringing the ring. Alec from his birthday. That's my little guy. I told him this morning. I said, Alec, you know who you look like. I said, like a. A smaller version of Paul Goldschmidt. I said, he goes, what? A Who's smaller? Paul Goldschmidt? Goldschmidt, what? He was the first baseman for the D-backs. <laughs> oh, no, oh. Really? Oh, see? <laughs> I know, hey. like Gonzo hey. and um, I'm trying to think who was the guy that, that was the pitcher. What's, what was his name when Gonzo was there? Uh, Randy? Yes, Randy Johnson. And then who was his second? Kurt Schilling. Yeah, those are the only ones that I can remember. That's their World Series And I barely remembered. So, for those of you guys who are listening, you need to be watching on YouTube so that you can see the ring. Um, But I'm sure we're going to post pictures. The ring is here. It's red. It's got red bling. We should describe it. Right. Man, it is, like, really large. Yeah, usually it doesn't come out very often. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I can see that. 
So there's uh, several large diamonds on it, on the face of it, and then there's smaller diamonds on the edges, and then there's rubies. I'm guessing those are rubies yep. that are lining the entire perimeter of the ring. It sounds like she's at Pardon's Jeweler. See, there's it's no beautiful. there's no enthusiasm when she's holding that. I know the hard like, work and effort that you put into that ring right there. Hey, yeah. on the back it says Ray 42 on the just, side. Right? Just so you guys know, that <clears throat> ring cost me uh, three stress fractures in my cheek as well that you <laughs> by taking a line drive <laughs> up the middle off the face. So wow. there's there I can literally say that was blood, sweat, and tears to yeah. to get that ring. It's absolutely beautiful. It's stunning. Yeah, Thank you. Cool. Yeah, it's that's one of the main accomplishments for me. Like the one I cherish the most is just because over there a championship is just as much or if not more than it is here for the major league teams here. That's how they view it over there. Absolutely. There is really only one true sport I mean, over in Japan. Sparkles. Right? Yeah, it's I a proud it's a proud accomplishment to have that man. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell us, what is your favorite story or memory from the major leagues? Well, like I said, it would have to be my first day showing up in Atlanta and, and just throwing on, being able to throw on that Atlanta Braves jersey uniform. See everybody doing like this. Oh, it was amazing, and fans. I had I had old high school, you know, friends that I hadn't seen in fifteen years. They'd show up and you know come down to the dugout, and you know, just everybody kind of excited for you because they know how big of a deal it is not only to play in the major leagues, but you're. I was able to play in front of family and friends, friends. and and a lot of tickets were purchased that year on my behalf for family and friends. That's awesome. Yes. So, it so was, uh, who's the hometown guy for the Braves that had the home run record? For the Braves? Mm -hmm. That had the home run record? Yeah. Hank who? Oh, <laughs> I actually got his autograph. He was, yeah. he, we were, the pitchers came out early one day, and uh, he was just sitting in a <clears> dugout <throat> by himself. And it was just one of those opportunities that you just could not pass up. We were walking, the pitchers come out early, usually every day to go run, <clears> throw, guys want to do some extra work out in the outfield or whatever. And we happened to walk through the dugout, and he was sitting in there by himself with nobody around. And I'm like, I cannot pass this up. So Absolutely, I'll walk back yeah. up, grabbed a brand-new brand new Pearl baseball, and just like a kid in a candy store, like, Mr. Aaron, could you sign this baseball for me? And he was just the nice, nicest man ever, and he signed it for me, and I still have it to this. So I have the two, two – uh, the former home run champion and – the current. So the cool thing is the reason why I asked you that wow. story. So he got a signature off the guy who held it. And who's the new guy who took the reins? Barry Bonds. And tell everyone a unique story of what you... You are making me go out and do all this. He absolutely... <laughs> Barry Bonds was my first major league strikeout. So... What? Yeah, he was my, my first major league strikeout with the Braves. And he was... The, I think he was the first or second hitter that I faced out of the bullpen in my de debut with Atlanta. I just got called up from – I was in AAA in, in, in Richmond, made the flight all the way across the country from Richmond to San, Fran or San Diego, San Francisco. And uh, the first game, didn't even have a chance to get acclimated. Bobby Cox gets me up in like the sixth inning, and it's like 
I hear it from all the fans because I don't know if you guys know, but in San, uh, San Francisco, the fans are right there. Like the, right. the, the pitchers are sitting up against the wall and the fans are literally, literally right behind you. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's like I can hear. You can't not hear people screaming at you when you're warming up in the bullpen. They're all, you know, talking about, oh, you know who you're facing, you know, yeah. you got you got Barry Bond. Yeah, it's know. about to go down. Sucker, watch this. <laughs> you're about what to you lose. Want to tell them. Yeah. yeah, and I, I'm not one of the type of people that, that, you know, I don't really toot my own horn <laughs> or anything very often, but it was the last time I struck him out on four pitches through three change-ups. It was six years prior before he'd swung and missed three consecutive pitches and not foul anything off or touch it. That'd be better wow. to me than winning a ring right there, just to have that on my resume. That's right. way And I had no idea that's what until after the game, and I walk into the locker room and the media was there, and – just like, so you know, people. Oh, like they were me. all over you. And I was oh. like, "What's going on?" You know, it's just a strikeout. But and they're it's like, like, "Oh no, it's a not. lot of people like me think that that's cooler than a ring." Just to let you know, that was yeah. See, ah. there's so many like just being around as long as like I could sit here and just you guys don't want to listen to all this, but I could sit here and tell you stories all day long about certain things that happened and right and events and stuff like that. But yeah, I realized that that wasn't. I thought it wasn't that big of a deal, but I walk in the locker room and they're like, do you realize like, and I knew how good he was. Obviously everybody knows, knows it's Barry Bonds. He's, he's one of the best players in the game at that time. And uh, I was like, yeah, I realized, you know, the guy's phenomenal and this and that. And they're like, no, that's the last time he had swung and missed at three consecutive pitches in like six years. And I'm like, really? You're like, wow. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to fast forward. Toot, toot. I'm going to fast <laughs> forward. Yeah, right. <laughs> so do you remember the very first day when I met you in my class? I do. I, yeah, what, what's the very first thing that I'd said to you? Well, we go around the room, and we have to introduce ourselves and, and explain kind of what we did previously and why we chose the trucking industry. And uh, just kind of briefly went through, oh, well, th- you know, this is the, my first job after I played professional baseball before this. So he jumps on <laughs> – he, he jumps on the internet and finds all this stuff out. And I, I was like, what are you, what are you stalking me? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, so you struck Barry Bonds. And this is front of, you know, this is back pre-coronavirus. So this was, the classes were full. I think we had like, what, 12 or 13 people yeah. in there. Yeah. So it's, and I'm trying to be quiet. And I'm kind of over here in the corner. I'm not really an outspoken person when I get around a group of people. I'm kind of quiet and off to myself. And he just, again, throws me under the bus in front of everybody. <laughs> and here I am, you know, I'm like... Yeah, well, you know, what are you doing over there? So he, well, in the class, he's over there Googling me on my stream. And he's a very humble guy. So that was, what, two and a half years ago? Yeah, it's not something that I just, yeah. you know, I don't go out and just, you know, hey, by the right. way, I, I've done this. and I've done, No, it's so, not. So the reason why I bring That's that awesome. up is, you know, we've talked about your career in, in baseball, and uh, you took time off. You had some other opportunities to even coach. Right. You know, tell me, and you turned those down. You said, hey, I wanted to take a step away from baseball. Because traveling and doing all that, man, I get it. It consumes you. And uh, you got into trucking. And I remember this story of when we were at lunch and you told me, because I asked you, why? Because being around a group of dudes and you're traveling, I mean, those are your friends. And uh, you'd go do anything for them. And you told me the story of why you wanted to get into trucking. You want to share with everybody what that is? Sure. Part of it is because I missed, during my playing time, I missed a lot of the Pre-game, post-game stuff, and, and just inside the locker room and, and, you know, talking and sharing stories with your teammates. And, like, you get to know everybody really well. It's a small, small community. You guys are a family. Right. And that's kind of how it is in this industry with Knight in, in the, uh, the driver's lounge. You know what I mean? If you want to go in there and you want to sit down and 
share your stories or hear other stories from other drivers about stuff that they're experiencing. You know, it's it's kind of like it gives you that family type feeling just the way the locker room did. You know, so that was kind of one of the That's things cool. that kind of drove me, yeah, to this side of it because you kind of get – it's a small way, I guess, to hold on to baseball, I guess. You know, kinda, I don't know. It's weird for me, but it's like you have – had that family that locker room back when I played is the driver's lounge lounge now you know what I mean so it's kind of the same type thing so it's funny I still have your text messages in the very beginning when you started trucking you came out of the school and you were just about to throw the towel in I was frustrated you were frustrated you guys have I mean the, the for the people that don't know the ports I drive ports the ports division so yeah it's it's a it's a fast pace if you're gonna make you know, a decent amount of money and throw some decent amount of miles in each week. It's it's a fast-paced, drive-like-your-hair-is-on-fire type situation. And a lot of situations are out of the driver's control. There's just so many things that, that drivers can't control, like stuff that goes on inside the ports with, you know, anywhere from what you're pulling out could be in customs. They won't release it. Like, there's so many things that what could go wrong. What do you drive? What's your route? What do you do? Just Phoenix, Long Phoenix Beach. Long Long Beach. Beach. Every now and again, a beef right. run, which is Phoenix, you know, maybe to Kansas. Got you a little Oakland. longer of a run. Right. Yeah. So it's like there's a lot of stuff that's out of your control. And it, it, my first week being released into the ports on my own, <clears throat> everything that c- could possibly go wrong went, wrong went wrong. Well, at least you got it out of the way. And it was, I was so frustrated to the point. And Amy Diaz, bless her heart, she's my DM. I told her I was going to give her a shout out. I love you, Amy. <laughs> I, I know she puts up a lot with me, and she'll she'll be the first one to tell you. I'm always – I like to have stuff planned out. Mm-hmm. I'm by the book, like to have stuff set up. Well, the ports doesn't always work like that. Right. So with that right there, I want so. you – with that thought, everybody thinking that the ports, Phoenix to Long Beach, 377 miles. The ports is closed on the weekends in Long Beach. Okay? Describe to people – what it's like when you get through those 12 to 15 lanes, the gates you get into the port of Long Beach, describe to people that have no idea or have never been out there what that's like and Good. what you felt and experienced. I can't, I, I just, I wish I would. <laughs> it's amazing. It, it is something you can't, you can't really explain. You just, all you hear is there's trucks honking. There's, you know, it's it, madness. It is, madness. it is, it is really a jungle like it is every man for himself it's a 12 round boxing match it is like <laughs> it's everything that but i love it because it's, it's like it's chaos but you have to kind of navigate your way through the chaos and the whole ports especially if you go in, it, sometimes you get lucky enough to go into a port that's not very busy but, but sometimes you go into ones where if they have a couple pedestals shut down or maybe there's a couple of machines broke on the inside <laughs> It is. Every man and I remember the I day that you turned it. the corner and things started looking up. Right. Because there was a downtime there to where it was, it's a beast. And a lot of people don't there's know There's an that. adjustment period. There is. Right. There, there's like, I mean, you, you literally have to give yourself a couple months to kind of learn the system, learn how things are ran and how they do things inside the ports, how everything's set up. And it took me a while. But I remember when I called him my first week, I was like, well, because we developed a pretty decent relationship from the, time I was in the Squire school and he was a guy that gave me, he was like, if you ever need anything, call me. I'll, I'll kind of coach you along the way, help you out. 
And I remember texting him, like, well, I don't know if I can do this, man. Like, I've, I've already hit my breaking point. It's been a week and a half or whatever it was, a week and a half. And he told me, he was like, just hang in there. He's like, just give it, give it a year. And if things are still going the way it's going right now for a year and you're not happy with it, you can decide to do something else or change divisions or whatever it is you, you want to do. But he was like, just just give it some time to kind of settle in to get, you know. And yeah, we sat down and talked to you, remember, you and I and Scott. Mm-hmm. And like, I was really mm-hmm. serious. I was like, I'd had it to the point where I was like, this is it. I can't, I can't do this anymore. But right. I don't know. It's just one of those things I've never really quit anything like usually stick it out to the end so it was like that kind of bothered me and I was like I can't just quit and walk away from this I gotta <laughs> give it a decent shot you know yeah and it did it turned around and things are <clears throat> things are great I love it now I got a very good relationship with my my DM Amy she Amy Diaz is all awesome. oh my gosh I, Amy I'll give you a shout out too she's she probably is, she, she's one of the main reasons I'm still here like that develops the the relationship that I've developed with Amy and People follow people That's awesome. and jobs, That's and, awesome. and they stick with them. It's not just yeah. the company. It's the people inside the walls. She, it's almost like she <clears> feels <throat> the pain that we feel when we're out on the road when things, you know, and, and it's kind of that, and I don't think drivers need to be coddled, but it's nice. You know, she gives you that kind of that motherly or sister mm-hmm. kind of, yeah, you know what I mean, that most people can't give, and, she, you know, she'll, be, she'll always be like, I'm so sorry, you know, and, it's, you know, you think about it, and you're like, oh. Things are better. <laughs> so you're two and a half years That's into awesome. it, straight out from no, knowing nothing, green as you could be. Oh, yeah. And what do you do currently with the company? Not only do you drive, but who else do you get an opportunity to Can work with? Can you believe with? that? These guys actually let me train some more. Training other people. <laughs> yeah. That is so awesome. That, that is I cool, mean, how cool is that? Uh, Can you imagine to say, especially if you're a baseball fan? They're probably not if they don't I know like got, you. <laughs> well, do most do do people? I'm, I would have guessed. Do they, they Google you? you? No, you know, for, for I guess the last four or five, most of them haven't really been sports fans, or, or oh. I don't even know if they even knew. Like, should have requested new students. I think the conversation may come up. <laughs> <laughs> the conversation may come up as we go along because you're you know you have a lot of time in the truck with these guys, oh, yeah. so you know obviously you're going to find out what they do or what they did, or and they do the same thing with you, so it eventually comes up, but. No, it's never been like most of them aren't usually either baseball fans or they're not sports. Well, I've fans talked in to general. a couple of your students and they, you know, they say nothing but high marks. You know, really, about that's you good. And how you teach people, so that's awesome. they say you're a very patient person. Yeah, and it does. I, I, it <laughs> takes a lot of patience. So, for people Without out there that's listening, listening or watching, uh, what advice would you give for people new coming into the industry? Because if you, a baseball player, can take something and do a complete three sixty. Oh, Instead of pitching a baseball at a live target, now you're going into a truck where you're isolated, you're away from home, you're having to put up with traffic, weather, you know, customers, Sports. what advice? Sports <laughs> yeah. especially on top of all that. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be something that you, I mean, you have to think through and really research it because a lot of people, they just, they can't, I mean, they can't do it. You know, they, they think it's this great money and, and they get to travel and do it, and it is, but have to put in the time and you definitely have to put in the miles if you want to make that kind of money and have that kind of home and a lot of guys aren't willing to make that sacrifice right. and they don't realize it takes that kind of sacrifice when you get into the business because I didn't initially when I got in I was like oh I'm gonna get to drive back and forth travel around you know make great money wasn't like that when when the wheels aren't turning you're not you're, you're not, not making, making much money, money. yeah See, when so they come into my class and they say they're in ports I try to scare people to death it's like Monday through Friday 
okay. Well, you realize that Monday through Friday is going to be the hardest Monday through Friday job that you've ever you're experienced. Saying. And I thought I did as well. I mm-hmm. thought I was, when I went into ports, I was like, oh, I can handle it. And, and then my first couple of weeks, I was already. Well, and, and that's how a lot of people, I think maybe most people should probably maybe try drive in first. <laughs> <laughs> like right? ports, uh, to, to be honest, ports just isn't for everybody. Everyone. And a lot of the drivers, are, you know, with the company, I'll tell you, like, they'll. A lot of them know that that's something they didn't want to do in, in the beginning, so they didn't even try it. You know, they want the freedom of the home time. Right. Weather the storm. Everybody's got to weather the storm, man. It's not going to be pretty. It's going to well, be rough. But if you can make it past that storm right there, you come out smelling pretty good. And it's still rough at times. Like, there's, yeah. you're, gonna, you're always going to go through issues inside the ports because, there's, like I said, there's stuff you just can't control inside the ports. But a lot of people that think they the, the, the home time – is appealing to them. They think they're going to get home, you know, every weekend, everything's right. going to be great. And, and it is, that's a good part about ports, but it's, you got to deal with a lot of other stuff that you wouldn't think that you would have to deal with. So it's like, just got to stick it out. Wow. Well, I think now you made a good choice in having you as a mentor I appreciate I it to uh, make other drivers just like you. Cause that's what the name of the game is, man. Have a reflection of how you do things. So I appreciate it. Good so job. I got a question. You've, you said two and a half, ish years mm-hmm. with night you still look great like you're in great shape so what thank do you, you. <laughs> what do you what do you do like how, are, how do you work out in the truck how do you eat i do i have uh over the top some weights coming down right i'm driving yeah. down the road and i got my little machine <laughs> on the side no it's i have a i have a few sets of small weights in my truck and i mean the thing is sports a lot of times you don't have a lot of time to work out period so I have to wait until I shut down at night, which takes away from your sleep. So it's a, it's a sacrifice you got to make in itself to, to be able okay. to work out during the week. Yeah, when you're trying to get your whole weekend and everything's rush, rush. But I managed to get two or three workouts in a week. And I, I do – I prep, meal prep. So, like, when I leave on – most of the time I leave on Sundays. So Saturdays I'll prepare everything. You know, I'll cook chicken or whatever it may be that I'm throwing together for the week, you know, and – Put everything together, and that's what I eat throughout. And I have a microwave, and so I can reheat it in my truck and, and stuff like that. So it's all stuff that I make at home that I prepare on Saturdays that I take with me for the week. So I haven't eaten a truck stop. Other than I've had some breakfast burritos at the pilot. I'm not going to lie. Every now and again, <laughs> I'll go by and grab a breakfast. But as far as – You had a breakfast burrito in your hand this morning That's right. QT. That, that's my weakness. Like, <laughs> that's my weakness right there. I love the breakfast burritos, but – I agree. As, as far as eating at a truck, it's probably been five or six months since I've actually, and, and it's like a one or two times a year type thing. Like it's literally if I have no food left, it's like, all right, well, I'll go in, go in here and get a quick chicken sandwich or a burger or something like that, you know. Yeah. Right. So I try because I know how it is with the long days of sitting and how that can uh, affect you over a short amount of time. At least you yes. got that figured out, man. And like, I'm not young yeah. anymore, so I'm. I'm 46 now, and, and it's like one of those things. If I, I can eat a hamburger now, and I can look down, and I can just I can see, see the hamburger come up before yeah. I even finish it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm eating it, and I look down, and I was like, well, it's know. okay to call it a muffin top. I see some of these episodes <laughs> over here, and I have to turn sideways because I'm like, oh my gosh, does it come to that point in life where you leave your shirt on when you go swimming at the ocean? Yeah. <laughs> well, it gets to the point when you're at our age now. Right. Know, it's like, from what I've heard with the Gen Zers, the dad bod's kind of cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, no. I don't but know. But the side man. part's yeah. not. I don't know. Look, you've got nice hair. Look, I look around all the camera people in production and the crew and all this. Look at this. I was not blessed, bro. So. Hey, that 
that was hard for me to take when I found out I was reading some stuff about the Gen Z group about uh-huh. how they're saying side parts are so old fashioned and not cool. I don't even know what to say. Right? I mean, I think yeah, it's I, just I, fine. I think your hair looks great. I found out I'm not cool anymore. So I think you're cool, <laughs> and I'm jealous. So there you go. I'll just ride it out. Man. It's right? all good. <laughs> That's funny. So, so you said you, you, what do you have a few weights on the thing? Do you run? Like, do you run around the truck? Is there so many times around the truck that's a mile? Cardio's not, 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 that's usually weekends when I get home. I'll do, I'll do that stuff. Yeah. That's, that's a lot more than I'm willing to put in for the week. I'm (laughs) usually by the time I'm finished driving each day, you know, cause I'm driving out the 11, the 11 hour clock, usually most of the time using up the 14, almost the full 14 hour clock. There's just a few minutes left over. So when you're finished wow. doing that each day, it's not like you don't feel like jumping out of the truck and, and going in, you know, a 30, 45 minute run. Right. You know, so I may just grab some weights and I have some little bands that I'll hook on like the back of the containers and the doors and I'll do like a little band workout or something like that. Just something to get me through the week. So I'm curious. Um, shoot, I just lost my train of thought. Uh-oh. Oh, well, I'll pick a segment up now. So after... I'm about to turn into a bus driver here. Uh oh. Wait, so, I had a question, but okay, I I'll let you. <laughs> don't go wrap ahead. it up. No, we're not wrapping oh, it up. Okay, oh, okay, go ahead. Drive business. the bus. Yeah, here it goes. There's business here to take. Drive the bus. Before we let you go. Okay. See, this is the time I just sit over here. It's like a volley. I just just set Will up or set Linda up. <laughs> so look, I'm about to come in for the it. spike over yep, here. That's okay. what I'm doing. So I've listened to Linda sit and butter you up, how she loves baseball. Okay? I never said that. Oh, Those no, words never no, came no, out of my mouth. Look, so we had an episode to where we had Linda make a, uh, and hopefully that you guys have this, okay? No, no, no. It was an episode we both did. It was called This or That. Yeah, but it was you that said this, not me. It was totally you. So I am, just for the record, I am an avid baseball lover, okay? I know this. I said that baseball is the only sport, and I stand like an oak tree. Okay, it's the only he sport plays softball. to where you give a hundred percent. There's a difference. Okay, it's not like football to where they have pads on and they softball's Brady, different. They it's can't get like hit. Like this with the, with the yeah underhand. So as we're Here going go. through this, this or that, <laughs> tr- trying to get you know a little banter going over here, I make the comment and she's like, "Oh, baseball sucks," and I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, what?" And she goes, "Yeah." Total nine innings of pure snooze. Oh, you got it right this time. Last time you didn't say that right. So before I let you go, I would like you to, I brought Linda a little gift here that I want to uh, share with people. At first, I want everyone to hear the audio. Do you guys have that? By chance, would you mind sharing it for everyone, please? This is getting good. It was. It was a this or that. Mm. Football or baseball? Football. Baseball. Dude, football. Are you oh, kidding me? Oh, it's 100% me? natural. Oh, football, I'm, they're crybabies. Baseball sucks. Look are at you Tom kidding Brady. me? Look, oh, how do I want to It's no good. You fall asleep. Baseball, it's 100% after Nine innings of just pure snooze. Football. And then, now that you've heard the audio of, oh, of Linda, so for anyone out there, so for the listeners, I'm holding up this T-shirt, Okay. <laughs> And uh, Kenny, would you mind reading aloud what this t I sure will. It, this says, baseball sucks, Z's, nine innings of pure snooze. Oh, with the thumbs th- thumb down. The thumbs down. 
All Two right? thumbs down. So we might generate a little hate now. You know what? That's all part of it over here. And uh, Linda, <laughs> I just awesome. want to present this to you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, but hey, I have to. I have to say this real quick before we go. I personally don't like watching baseball myself on on TV. Now to go to the game is a different thing to understand. So I told them to go to the game is a different game. It's a different because there's some fun things. Like I like to stand up and do the wave, but that's it. The wave. I like to have the popcorn. The I wave. like to have the peanuts. She's going to be the only person like over there <laughs> trying to get it started and everybody around the stadium's looking like, like just I, sit down. Please sit down. I love, I love to hear the music. I love to, but to sit there. And watch someone throw baseball Look, after baseball. See, I, I after can't let him baseball. sit and crucify him. No. <laughs> and nobody hits it? The right. most embarrassing oh, thing I Lord. heard about a baseball game. So you pay $45 for a ticket, and the most exciting thing she said, I love doing the wave. Yeah, because that's fun. <laughs> it's entertaining. I you bet can the, see it go all hey, the way around. I bet the players on the field are waving at you as you leave, like, hey, no, thank you. No, <laughs> they're in the they're outside in the outfield thinking, dear Lord, are they ever gonna hit the ball? There like, can I catch it, please? Well. She's a hater. Please send all hate mail like, to no, Beyond the Rig at nighttrans.com. Please. It's like four they they throw four balls. Now the guy's got to walk to the base. Oh, and here. <laughs> and, and oh, my gosh. So, and then sometimes they may get to throw three and strike them out. Woo! Now he's gone. Well, guess what? <laughs> Nobody over here gets to do anything. So <laughs> They just hanging out. So Watching the grass grow. So she was talking smack on me earlier for playing <laughs> softball. So for all you softball people around the slow, surrounding slow states slow, over here, once again, slow send all pitch. hate mail to beyondtherig <laughs> at nighttrans.com. Look, Kenny, I have a question. Deal. Hang on. I didn't know that boys played <laughs> softball. I did not know that. I, I thought that was a girl so sport. I had no idea. Oh, see? So now gonna, I know. I have to defend the softball community now over here. Now I know. Here. My so, job here is done. Kenny, what... <laughs> What is the diameter of a, of a baseball? Like a major league baseball? I have no idea. Okay. Like, who would know that? <laughs> 12 inches. I know my sport. See? 12 inches? 12 inches. Right. More than I Feel do. this. Is there anything soft about that? No. I told no. you guys back in the day that I played softball um, back in the day, and I, but I didn't like it. You I were probably I got forced hit. to play in gym just to get a credit. No. I played like an outside league, but I didn't enjoy it. So we play very competitive boring. out here. And this right here. So do you is, still have to throw four balls and it's a, ooh, they get I've had walk? two concussions. I had this little wild little shortstop that threw one of these and hit me in the back of and the head. And that was the most exciting uh, thing no, on the game. No, that was my first concussion. And the second one was a Dominican that hit me so hard over here. It knocked me out. So. Okay. When when there's strikeout after strikeout after strikeout, you buy beer. Strikeout, like the guys buy, are like, man, that's so awesome. And I'm beer. thinking, Jesus, like seriously, we're not gonna see any entertainment. It is entertainment when that you is try. Not it is like hit it. I want someone to run and have to go but, catch it. I want, and I don't like the pop flies where they just catch it one time, boom, they're out. That is like, the most nerve-wracking thing ever and, to do and that. Get the guy. I want to see the look, guy slide. When and you're the guy standing, comes, boom, look. Right, when I want to see that too. Look, when I you're standing with that. your glove and That's your knees and your knees are shaking because you're like, Why oh my goodness, because you're sitting there like, oh my god, please don't. Because if this hits you square in the head, number one, well, your glove should be here so it's not hitting you in the head. 
But I, just think, what if you get an arm twitch or something? There's nothing soft about this. I don't even know how what serious I don't know softball why you is here, but obviously it's a little more serious than that. Because look at, can you show the folks your... So here's what we're going to do. jerseys. So I brought bats, I brought gloves, and I brought a softball. So what we're going to do, if you guys want to go check this out, I don't know where they're going to put this on YouTube. Yeah, it's got to be on YouTube. Anywhere where you could watch a video, guys. Please get out and watch this. We need to gain the momentum of this podcast here, our listeners. But hopefully after this right here and they see Linda pop up in the infield or the Major League Baseball player that what can't that get mean, it past the pitcher, the we're going to find out and we're going to let our vis- listeners and viewers make oh, the determination. Oh, Lord. He's, cha- he's challenging me right now. He's yeah. challenging on, you. on his terms, though. Yeah. And Linda's probably paid you to throw a 90-mile-an-hour fastball <laughs> to take me out. I would love for you to. I'm just saying. So, guys, if I'm in the hospital right after there. getting a 90-mile-an-hour <laughs> fastball in the rib, uh, flowers, chocolate, candies, anything. Yes, because he's going to aim for the rib or yeah. the numbers. So if do you, you s- have numbers in your back? I do. Number two. Number two. Oh. Number two. Because he ain't number one. That's for all the smack you talk out there. That's why I got number two. If anybody's why out I'm there. I'm not surprised it's number two. Yeah, so that's what literally what number two is in softball. <laughs> so when you talk crap out there, they figured number two. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's so why you. I, I get it. Number two. You got it. I love I it. I got it. I love it. You would be number two. You should be number two. There is two. nothing more fitting. By the way, if I've said anything that offended anybody, you can always tweet me at what's your Twitter account? Because I don't have Twitter. I don't have I don't even know what Twitter is. Okay, because I don't yeah. have any social media, so you guys will have to figure out how to. Right? No social media. Huh? No so Can you believe that? No, I can't. Well, you'll be on this episode here, yeah. so we want to wrap things up. And first of all, hey. Wait, we can't wrap it up. Oh, it's, it's time. One more story, Corey. Yeah, you can't wrap up a segment without Corey. But we still have oh, to bring thank, him in. We still have to thank our guy here for coming on. Okay, we can do that. Uh, so, Kenny, thank you, number one, for putting up with Linda. Oh, and pleasure. No. It's always an honor <laughs> to uh, to get a sit down and talk with you. Hey, thank you for what you do. Uh, I hope you have uh, many more successful years here at the company. I've had a blast, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. Now we have to bring in... Who's what? this guy with one more story? Like Corey. Well, hello, Corey. Great to be back. Good, Good to see you again, guys. sir. Loving your attire, by the way. You love? Did you notice yeah. that I have bling? I well, you always have bling. I mean, why wouldn't you? Exactly. It doesn't make sense not to. When I go into your office and I say bling on your stapler, <laughs> I'm kind of embarrassed, sir. Number one, I'm at a corporate location for her wearing the cowboy stuff. And number two, if I see like the president and CEO and I'm wearing shorts and a softball attire. Shorts with scabs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, it's really good to be back with you guys. Um, So I've got a story. Okay. One more story. We can't wait. Speaking with a, a, a new friend of mine, Beth who is a female driver in um, in our industry. Okay. And did you guys know that females only make up 6.6% of the drivers in the driver in driving industry? So yeah. a little over like 234,000 drivers on the road are female. And <clears throat> she started driving later in life after working at an airport for most of her career. But in the back of her mind, decided that she, um, that she wanted to maybe see the open road, talked with her husband about being, 
being a team and, you know, just over the years had that conversation, thought that might be something good to do. Well, a, a life event happened and, and she was furloughed from her other job and this is the right time. So, <clears throat> so she's been driving for about two and a half years now and loves it. Solo driver or teaming? Solo. Solo. Wow. Yeah. So her husband's still working and she likes driving. And oh. I, 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 I love talking with her about her perspective. She has a couple of things that stood out to me as she talked. Um, one, about where she likes to drive. And she drives 48 states. Oh. Um, favorite places are going through Iowa and Texas. She likes the open country. She likes the rolling hills. She loves the feeling she gets when she's going through the farmlands in Iowa and seeing the fields and the little farmhouses and the grainer, the granaries. Um, so I could see and visualize as she talked to me about what she liked to do. Um, and then she told me something that maybe the motto for truckers. Okay. Expect the unexpected. unexpected. Right? Yeah. And we, we all hear that. Expect every day is different. The, <clears throat> everything can go wrong or go right. Everything changes. And she told me just um, yesterday, as a matter of fact, that she was driving up in one of the passes in the northwest, up in Oregon, mm-hmm. and uh, Cabbage Pass, and it was snowing. It started snowing. Oh, that's scary. And so she pulled off to the side in a chain area, and this is her very, very first time of having to put on chains. Oh, boy. Oh, in two and a half years. In two and a half years. Wow. So she's avoided um, bad weather. But I, th- I thought, hey, this is awesome for a lady, you know, who's driving a truck to, to, um, and pulled over. So she pulled over, and then just like always, another Good Samaritan driver said, hey, do you need some help? Now, isn't, awesome. isn't that awesome? So she chained up for the first time, and I asked her, now, why, now why, did you, why did you want to do that? She said, well, that's what we're always taught, to be safe. And besides, it's the law. Ah. So there was a sign going over that pass that said, you can only, you can only do it if you chain, chain, your, chain your vehicle. So shut down or chain up and keep going, huh? Uh, and so, you know, I, I just thought to myself, here, you know, here's a lady driving in the industry, loving it. Yeah. Expect the unexpected. Yesterday was her first day that she ever had to chain up her tires. No fear. No fear. That's awesome. And, uh, and, wow. on, and off she goes. And off she went. And that made me think of my own personal bad weather experience. So you remember recently about a really serious accident in, in Texas where there was a, yeah. over 100 vehicle pileup because of the weather conditions. Right. And... I happen to be, have been there, in not in the pileup, but in Texas, in that freezing weather, and um, the roads were impassable for about three days. Wow! Um, sheer ice. The airport was closed for three days, but <clears throat> as the weather warmed up and they st- and the freeways started to melt, I was on one of the freeways in Texas, in the middle lane. <clears throat> the far edges still had a lot of slush and snow on them. Right. And in some areas, you just drove in the two-tire tracks Marks. that were had, had yeah. kind of dried out. Right? Slush is dangerous as well. Yeah. Slush is way dangerous. Yeah. 
<clears throat> and here comes, I notice in my rear view mirror, a truck, an 18 wheeler. And we were always talking about what it's like to, you know, make sure when you're, you're riding along at, at higher speeds to stay out of their blind spots and don't follow too close. Right. Well, here's one catching up <clears throat> and tries to get over to the left oh, to no. pass me and several other cars that are in the front that are going much slower saw that it became completely snowy, so backed off, went around, and passed me on the right, going oh, wow. faster. Passed you on the right-hand side. We hit a rough spatch, and he actually pushed me over mm. in a lane. And, and in, in my mm. view, definitely wasn't driving safe for speeds and conditions. Oh, that's very aggressive. Right. And so, if, you know, if I hadn't been, you know, cautious. cautious and going slow and kind of aware of what was going on, and I had to go over the humps into the other, other lane. So I thought of Beth being safe, chaining up, and then unfortunately sometimes on the road we see examples of those that aren't, aren't oh. being safe. It sounds and like the Smith system saved Corey. He utilized oh, it. you utilize the Smith system. Smith system, exactly. Anyway, I got another one for you, but we'll save that for another time. Yeah, we only have one. All right, yeah, it's one. only one. Yeah, it's only one. We it's can't change one. it to multiple story, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it rhyme better? Two more story, Corey. Two more story, yeah. Corey. What we'll to talk to? We'll catch it again. Save it, save that thought, and uh, we'll have that story next week. Well, All right. Corey, as always, thank you for sharing your stories. Thank you. Great. Take me out to the ball game. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Corey. We enjoyed your story. As usual. As always. Got to keep him contained to one. I agree. So we got to wrap this up because I'm seeing him doing like this. Yes, should we uh, beg people to subscribe? How can we get our listeners to subscribe and follow us out there? Well, they got to do it on YouTube. How are they going to do it on YouTube? Because you can't, you can't do it anywhere else. Right, so right. They, can, they can subscribe on YouTube. Yep, follow us. On, on Instagram. Yep. Okay, like, like us, us on Facebook. And stream us. Wherever you listen to podcasts. And there's one more. Where? They can email us. Oh, at Beyond the Rig at nighttrans.com. That's a wrap. We enjoyed bringing this show to you, and we hope you had fun along the way, too. We're going 10-10 for now, but you can catch us on the side on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Beyond the Rig and Drive Night. Until next time, be safe out there and keep trucking.